So welcome back to another edition of Transvox. And this is, uh, we like to surprise you, don't we, Jenny? We like to we like to throw in the random, the unknown, the unquantifiable, the quantum and the vast from time you to You like time. to keep me on my toes, is the truth. I do. I do. And, uh, you know, I've heard about the toes and I like the way you're <laughs> waving them around on the screen at the moment. Yeah, it's yeah. There's been a bit of a bit of foot a bit of foot for you, but it's um, thankfully this is an audio pod, so nobody else can see. It is, and as you always say, it's a very nice foot, but I couldn't use it as a rule. So <laughs> anyway, enough of this no, enough of this nonsense. We're blessed to have a third person in the room with us today, and we have Laura Millichip. So first of all, good afternoon, Laura. Hello, hi, nice to meet you both. Uh, hello, Laura. Hello. Well, and we uh, well. First of all, let's start the ball rolling. Laura, where in the world are you? I am in Fairham, basically near near Fairham. Um, so yeah, just around that area. I'm fairly local to the to the Beyond Reflections offices. Fantastic. So, um, and you're in Stoke, and I'm in and still Stoke, and I'm still in Newcastle upon Tyne. So we have the whole country covered. We do in a, in a backbone of loveliness. This, <laughs> this episode. And what's lovely about Laura is that ages and ages and ages ago, I, we were chatting about voice dysphoria, weren't we, Jen? We were both sitting there we grumbling about the, our, our growly voices as we had many, many years of voice dysphoria. And I mentioned it to Laura, and Laura's a voice coach. And Laura said, "Amazing." Well, well, why don't we just come on, talk about it, and maybe even Laura could show us a couple of tips tips and tricks to get us started. So that's the sort of nature. We might learn something to our advantage, Jenny. How about that? I love learning. Good. Well, so first of all, Laura, tell us just a little bit about yourself and um, what sort of voice coaching and voice work have you done, irrespective of anything else in your professional life? Okay. Um, well, I'm a trans woman myself. I went through uh, Beyond Reflections uh, many years ago. Uh, it was known as Chrysalis at the time. So I used to be a beneficiary and now I have come back. Um, so my, I have transitioned six years ago. Um, in terms of voice work, as being trans myself, I had to learn voice. And so all the experience I've had really with voice training has come from a combination of the fact that I learned to sing as a child. I was trained up as a choral singer. So things like cathedral singing, stuff like that, mm -hmm. uh, the whole Alan Jones style thing, I was doing that. If you imagine that's what I was like as a, as a child. Um, and then my voice broke. And of course, then that gives me horrendous voice dysphoria. Um, so for me, voice has always been very important. Um, when I learned voice myself, I then broke it down into techniques that worked for me. I found a lot of the training that was out there, videos and things like that didn't make sense to me. And I found them difficult to, to get a, a consistent mm -hmm. result with. Um, I have had voice lessons with Zia from transvoicelessons.com. She's quite famous in the trans community. So she was my primary voice coach. I then had some secondary voice coaching for English accent and other uh, things like that with um, a local voice uh, trainer in based near Winchester. So I, that's how I've learned to do what I used to do. My voice, I didn't used to sound like this. Um, and then since then I've been helping people out for free. Um, I'm a, volunteer for Beyond Reflections. I like giving back to the community. So I train voice for free. Uh, it's usually friends and then friends of friends that you know like how I sound, which is, you know, a compliment to me. Um, I have around 30 students. Um, sometimes you have a student who will come and you never see them again. So I have around eight to 10 students who've gone all the way and now pass fine. So I have several people, including 
uh, like Twitch streamers. I, I have a Twitch streamer who uh, used to be mute on stream and now uh, streams in a female voice. And that's uh, her career that she does at the moment. And she's only had me as a voice coach. So I have had some success with doing this, but it's purely based on the fact that I had to learn this myself. I'm not accredited or anything like that. And, and this is really exciting. So what we're going to do is I'm going to have some lessons with Laura and hopefully over the course of the coming weeks, I'll be able to report back and and show whatever process I have. So I know you've had some lessons though, um, Jen, haven't you in the past? What, what was your experience? Well, um, <laughs> yes. So um, back in ancient history of 2005, when um, through the clinic, I was at the legendary Charing Cross, they did refer me for speech and language therapy. So I did have some sessions with NHS speech and language therapists in Stoke-on-Trent. So I had, I think, three or four lessons. So I don't think there was, there was certainly not specifically um, um, looking at trans people and particularly trans women. I think there were general speech and language therapists and the conversations were about having a more female voice. So I remember, so I had some exercises to do and things like that, but in my typical chaotic life, I didn't keep things up and then I let it slip, I think. Um, and that was all that was really. It's a, a long time ago now. So we're talking, as I say, we took a long time since I've had any, a, 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 any practice on, on or change in my voice. So the voice I've got now is pretty much the voice I had when I transitioned. Good. And, well, much. I love Laura's voice. I think it's absolutely brilliant. So amazing. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, 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 maybe Laura, you, you can so start. Yeah, okay, that's no problem. So, so with your hand to your mouth, I thought you were. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just like, no, just so, embarrassed, that sort of thing. Thank oh, you. that's that's lovely. That's, well, I love it. So if I could be a quarter as um, sounding the way you do, especially when you're doing your, your, your lovely Devon accent, then I can't wait. <laughs> but maybe we should start at the very beginning for people. Um, okay. So why, why are voices high and low? Well, the, it's interesting that you mentioned high and low because that's one of the misconceptions that people mm. have is that they, they think that there's like one control. If you think of it like a sort of slider between high and low, they think there's only one slider that, that a voice is high or low. And now that is a misconception um, because there are really two uh, that you need to know about. One is pitch and one is resonance. The way I like to explain it is that pitch is a stringed instrument and resonance is a wind instrument. So if you think right. about in your vo in your throat, you have a stringed instrument, which is your vocal cords, and then you have a wind instrument, which is the height of your larynx, which is your, your Adam's apple, right? Uh, your vocal cords are in your Adam's apple, and I can see everyone is like touching their, their necks now to, to try and find where it is, you know, things like that. When you find your Adam's apple, that's where your vocal cords are. And the height of that determines resonance. Um, and so they are completely separate things. You have a wind instrument mm -hmm. and a stringed instrument in your throat, and both can be controlled completely independently. So when you say a voice is high or low, that's really a misconception from the fact that in society, we either hear men or women in general. Now, obviously there are exceptions to that, but in general, you hear male voices and female voices, and the human ear is tuned to those. It, you will find that, especially um, cis people who've had no experience with voice training, you, they will identify a male voice and they'll identify a female voice. They tend to you know, sort voices into those two buckets. And then they think that there's some kind of smooth gradation between them, which isn't true at all. Okay, so, so what happens when someone's voice breaks? 
when your voice breaks in uh, male puberty, um, either natural or with testosterone, what happens is that the Adam's apple lowers down in the throat. So uh, when you're a child, you can't lower your larynx too much. You can't lower your Adam's apple down. Um, and so your voice sounds uh, smaller. Um, and then as your voice breaks, uh, it, 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 your larynx goes down in your throat to give you a larger resonating area that you've got. Uh, also things like that the vocal cords enlarge and you can hit a lower note with them. But that's things like that as AMAB people, we can alter our vocal cords to be tight and, and to, to hit back into female range. Okay, great. So, so we start, so we're talking about this idea of uh, pitch resonance. Does that all make sense to you, Jen, so far? It, it does, yes. I mean, I've heard that before. It, I know the natural instinct when transition is to just raise, and I, I think I, I do try and raise a pitch because that's just all what we're conditioned to do. But I think it's absolutely right that actually, far more effective is is the the quality and the resonance of the voice than than simply pitch. Yeah. Now, it, what what is very interesting is that a lot of people concentrate on pitch, but it's not pitch that gets you read as male or female no. at all. Because if you think about it, there are singers who are male yeah. and who are female who can sing the same notes. The male and female singing ranges do overlap. There's a fair lot, amount of overlap between them, especially if you consider someone like Freddie Mercury who can hit high notes yes. or George Michael who can hit high notes. However, whenever you hear someone singing, you can generally tell whether it's male or female. Uh, singing it that's due to resonance now resonance is the primary indicator of um, whether someone is male or female because it's the indicator of whether your voice is broken so the human uh -huh. ear is like instinctually tuned to the resonance to, to say has this person got a, a broken voice in terms of male puberty or not but so the one thing i remember though from my uh, my, my sessions was they were talking a lot more about breathiness and softness is, is that what you referred to resonance because i'm that, allowed to have these no no that, that is a secondary that's a secondary thing because you know with breathiness i can you know, I know. increase my breathiness or i can go sharper i can do the sort of sharp yeah. thing you know like the opposite of breathiness is like you know it sounds like that and um, it sounds constrict you know constriction is the opposite of that now that's a secondary quality now right. whenever i teach pitch and resonance that's always lesson one okay. and basically pitch and resonance are kind of like the foundation of everything if you don't get pitch and resonance you can't go on to lesson two you have to be able to firstly understand that they are two separate things instead of one and secondly be able to control them independently so can you give an example of each i can indeed well well pitch is the note that you sing la 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 that's pitch it's, it's like equivalent to the note on the piano or a guitar string i, I mean a guitar string is, is a better analogy because it's a stringed instrument in your throat it's actually your vocal cords are are strings that vibrate so it's literally that now resonance is interesting because if you change your resonance you can have a low resonance like this so this is my voice with low resonance and then as i raise my resonance up and if i do it's like a small resonance you can see that the pitch of my voice is the same but now when i do this i sound too small i sound like an oompa loompa i sound really miniature and tiny and then if i go back to my normal resonance it sounds fine and so you know one of the vocal coach tricks that you can do is to sing the same note and change your resonance so i can sing 200 hertz which is around like and then i can go and you can hear it's the same note now that's the effect of resonance you see, so, so I'm what not, are you actually doing there? Then? What I'm actually doing there, it's hard to see on, on a podcast, but if you look on video, um, 
what I'm doing is I am keeping my vocal cords the same, but I am raising my larynx up and down. So you'll see my Adam's apple move up and down as I do this much. Like that, you see. My vocal, my, my larynx goes up and down. and the, But the vocal cords are held exactly the same pitch as they go up and down. Um, the way I... Sorry, firstly, does that make sense to everyone? It's like... I think so. I'm not sure I can do it. <laughs> I, I get the what. I'm not sure the how. Okay. Well, I think th this moves us on to a, another subject of what is resonance, because I think this is a really important question, because a lot of people don't know what resonance actually is. Like pitch, people get the idea of that. They, they can see notes on a piano. They can press different notes on a piano, and it sounds different. That's pitch, right? Everyone understands pitch. Um, resonance is different. The way I like to explain resonance is using a bottle. Right. Everyone's had a bottle of beer or Coca-Cola or something like that and has blown across the top and you get a little note. It goes like and it makes a little note across it. And everyone knows that as you drink more and more liquid out of the bottle, you get a lower and lower note. Now, if you think about that, when you blow across the top of a bottle, what is actually vibrating? There's nothing in there that vibrates other than the air itself. Now, if you remember back to your school physics lessons, right, what matters is the depth of a bottle. Any bottle, any chamber with an open top, right, will resonate. And that's what it's called in physics is resonating resonance, right? Because the sound wave goes down from the top, hits off the bottom and goes back. And as long as there's another sound wave coming along at that time, that's what will happen. It will resonate, right? And so as, you're, as you change the height of your larynx, you're changing the size of the resonant chamber. Your throat, you know, your vocal cords are at the bottom of a bottle in in a sense in that you've got a, a tube coming up your throat and your mouth is the top right and so resonance means that you are moving the bottom of the bottle up and down it's like putting more liquid or less liquid into the bottle and if you think about blowing across the top of the bottle you get a different note and that note can be measured there's a scientific basis to it and i wanted to say this because in in a lot of videos that you see online people try to explain resonance by saying in nebulous terms like chest voice or head voice mm. about like now now to me that doesn't seem as scientific and the reason is because everyone is built different now what might resonate in the chest for me would resonate somewhere else like if i can feel a resonance in my nose mm. it could be because my nose is different to your nose it's not a scientific measurement you see whereas if we go back to the word resonance and back to our school physics i know you might not like going back to school physics but you know it, it does help to explain what's going on that's what resonance actually is the height of the bottom of that bottle makes all the difference so basically we're going to adjust the the pitch of of the note we we adjust with the the resonance of the... Yeah, pitch and resonance are completely separate. If you think yeah. of resonance as kind of like a trombone, you're moving okay. it in and out. You're increasing the length yeah, that the true. sound has to go. So, so, so with where this one, so given that we all understand pitch, mm -hmm. uh, and we don't understand resonance so much, perhaps, and certainly I don't. Yes. Do, do we start with pitch or do we start with resonance? Because a lot of people, I've been watching a TikTok video, and they all talk about learning to speak in falsetto and going through the break where your voice goes from falsetto down to non-falsetto and all that sort of stuff, which is, which is all fantastic. And then, it, and, and then you just hear lots of people who sound really uh, well, obviously <laughs> like... As, as a voice coach, I would have to say falsetto is one of the most grievous errors you can make in female yeah. voice. Uh, it really is. Um, 
It sounds really unnatural. It sounds like Mickey Mouse. Like if yes, you want to sound like this, it's not going to. Falsetto is what they used to do the Mickey Mouse impression. Um, it's basically the vocal cords switch into a different mode. There's science behind it, but I don't need to explain it. The only thing that I need to tell you is that it sounds different. It sounds really wrong if I do falsetto. It's you know, it just it just doesn't sound correct at all. So, I like the way you you see to you seem to acquire an American accent when you said that as well. well the only way I find to you know, consistently demonstrate falsetto is to do Mickey Mouse. Mickey it's, Mouse. So, <laughs> it's so out there and it's so obvious that what I find is that when I use a really obvious um, impression, it, it, it really highlights what I'm trying to do. If I try and do it subtly, it's less obvious. Whereas if I go into Mickey Mouse and the, you know, like that, then everyone has heard Mickey Mouse. Everyone knows it. And everyone knows they don't want to sound like Mickey Mouse when they speak. It's like, oh no, that's that would be really wrong. So yeah, falsetto is is one of those things that's really, really obvious. When you hear it in someone else, it does not sound female at all. Um, and it's it's really something you really should avoid. Okay. So, okay. So where do we start? I, I start with pitch and resonance. So um, the first thing I like to start with is pitch because generally people find pitch a bit easier. Now, what I do is, this is going to be a bit worse on a podcast, but what I do is I, I have a little application on my phone. Mm. Um, yes. Now, there are a lot of applications for female voice, okay, a whole lot of them. Now, what I would say is that most of them are not applicable for beginners. They're good for more advanced students. And the reason is that most of the voice applications will get you to read a paragraph of text, right? They get you to read out a whole lot of stuff. Then at the end, they give you the result. Okay, which is fine if you're an intermediate student. If you've already got an idea of the techniques, then that's fine. That's correct. For, for, for real beginners, what I like to use is a guitar tuner, a stringed instrument tuner. Okay, so because your vocal cords are a stringed instrument, they do work quite well with a stringed instrument tuning application. Now, I have one on my phone called G Strings. Other free applications are available, but I use G Strings. It's just the letter G and the word strings because it is for tuning stringed instruments. So any any instrument you can, sorry, any application you can use for tuning instruments, it works well. Now, the reason we use these is because you get immediate feedback. Now you can't see this on the podcast, but I'm holding up my phone and there's an immediate display that gives you a number in Hertz. Now pitch is measured in Hertz, which is vibrations per second, basically. Now pitch, pitch is really easy for phones to determine. And if you're speaking, it will do that. The issue that we have is that stringed instrument tuners are tuned for one note. You have to sing one note. So what you need to do is hum at them. And what we're trying to do is hit 200 hertz, which should sound like hmm. Now I'm holding up my phone and it's fairly consistently, I'm slightly out, but it's like hmm. Now the good thing is with this, get this little application completely free and just hum a note at it. Initially, you may only be able to hit 110 or 120 hertz. That's low. That's like standard male range. Um, then I would say once you can do that consistently, go up in groups of 10 hertz. Try 130, try 140, try 150. Once you're comfortable with it, do that. Now, when you're getting into practicing, I have to say, don't hurt yourself. If your voice is starting to hurt, then back off. None of this should hurt. And we don't want you to be in any pain. I know some things like learning to run and or learning to lift weights, you have to push through the pain, but vo voice training is not one of those situations. No. You do not want to push through the pain. If it's hurting, back off. Okay. Okay. So excellent. So my first, my first thing is I'm looking for G strings on the app 
and uh, and I've got I... pitch tuner, tuning amp, tuning lights, guitar tuner, fine tuner. I won't tell you the clothing sites I keep punching into <laughs> as well. Um, I've got a metronome that'll come in handy for one day. Oh yeah, yeah. Do, do any of these work? Um, Are you on an Apple phone? Because I'm on an, I'm on an Android phone, so that's well, that's, that's your problem. Why... That's, yeah, yeah. Your, that's your first problem. And I think that anything, anything where you've got a, a, a tuner for guitars or pianos is 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 correct. It will work. The, it, the only application that gives you immediate feedback is is going to be fine. Okay. And then ideally, we want to hit two hundred hertz, which sounds like. Is that a G? It is a G. It's saying F3 on my phone, but I'm, I'm not that good okay. in musical instruments. But the number that you want is, is the important thing. You don't need to know music. You just need to know the number. 200 hertz is around middle of female range. That's where we want to hit. It is higher than you think, isn't it? It is higher than you think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jenny, let's, let's hear your effort. 200 hertz. I'm on the app. Okay. Mm, hang on. Mm, that's perfect. That's a bit yeah. high. Mm, that's two hundred eight. A little bit high. A little bit high, but that's that's in that's fine as long as you're within ten hertz. Then yeah, that's that's okay. fine. So, well done, Jenny. That was that was excellent. Straight there. Uh, you're clear. Clearly have uh, no problem with pitch. Uh, Jill, let's let's see what what you I can got, do. I haven't got I haven't got the thing. You haven't got it. Yet. Can you can you sing against me? Perfect. There you go. There you go. Now, generally, then with a beginner student, um, for what I will then do is you still use the tuning application, but then what you do is chant like a monk. Now, if you remember monks chanting, they talk like this. What you need to do is stay at 200 hertz and you want to be talking and you can say anything. You can read numbers out. You can describe what the weather's doing, anything. You want to be talking like this. Now, when I'm doing this, I want to hold up my phone and it's still going to be around 200. So it's just basically what it's doing is it's getting you used to sounding like this. It's getting you used to talking while you're at, at that pitch. Remember, it's meant to be like monks chanting um practice it a little bit every day um just to make sure you can do it some people will be able to hum the note but when they start talking it all collapses and g strings or whatever tuning application you show them it will show that the number collapses down when you're chanting you've still got a single note and the tuner can lock onto it which is what we want that's uh, so that sounds like quite an interesting exercise we can all just get on and and do and i suppose Exci yes exactly exactly is it partly getting your own ear sort of used to the noise of yeah, the voice being different? Yes, I think you, you do touch mm -hmm. on a good point because part mm -hmm. of the skill is producing mm -hmm. the noise. And then the other part of the skill is listening and to hear, am I making a mistake or not? Because that's a really useful skill to have. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I think if you practice and, and what I would say is practicing every day is key. Five minutes a day is better than saying an hour, hour every Sunday. Yeah. yeah, it's better to do a little bit every day um, because I'm everyone. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm going to try and do the rest of this podcast at 200 <laughs> hertz, but I'm not quite. But, but it's, can, it's quite a test hear, to keep it. Mm, yes, as you can hear yourself. Your pitch is lowering when you do that. It is. And, and it's, I'm trying and do the this podcast is, at the same rate. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite it's quite common for beginner students to find that very, very difficult mm. because you're so used to that when you talk, 
you change your pitch up and down and mm -hmm. to stop that instinct you're having to kind of fight that instinct and that's part of why we practice five minutes every day practice 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 it's this is like learning a musical instrument it's in, it's like learning two musical instruments at the same time sorry jenny uh, yeah I, I think that's what i i think I, I remember that's sort of what i found the hardest is keeping that concentration up <laughs> it is it is really hard and um and i think in my job where my job is to talk and argue I often think I feel fall back into learned habits as being socialized in the way I supposed to come across in arguing that I that's when I suddenly the back of my brain somewhere has been trained to think lower voices have more gravitas and things like that so I think I've got to overcome some of those socialized barriers that uh, I have but then lower voice does kind of have more gravitas but you need to keep your resonance up that's the thing. Indeed, yeah, I you think can, that's what I are, found difficult. There are women with lower voices. You know, for yes. example, Margaret Thatcher had to learn you know, famously to lower her pitch, but she can't lower her resonance because she is AFAB. You know, she, she, she just, her voice hasn't broken. She can't lower resonance, but she can learn to do pitch. So this is why we need to separate pitch and resonance out. You do it was famously good. that um, Elizabeth Holmes, that uh, entrepreneur that I think has gone to jail now, she, she, she lowered her voice artificially to try and come across more serious, I think. Oh, wow. yeah. She was, a, if you Google her, she was the Theranos scandal, but um, very famous case, but she had this voice that she put across that wasn't a natural voice. Um, similar to, I guess, Margaret Thatcher trying to change hers, but fascinating. I think this is so interesting. It, it is interesting because when you, you, you're still going back to saying a high or a low voice. Now that's, that really is a misnomer. And I need, to, need yeah. to get you out of thinking like that because there are two separate controls. They're, yes. they're two separate things. And, I'm, and mad, it's, I'm mad keen to find out about resonance now. You've got me <laughs> yes, completely <laughs> excited about this now. Are you just uh, teasing me by keep talking about uh, about pitch? about pitch? Yeah. Well, I've already told you what resonance is. It's you know it, it's the height of the liquid in a bottle, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know. So the way that we change now resonance. Uh, you know, Jillian, you you mentioned you you have talked to me before. You mentioned my caramel bunny. Um, uh impression and the caramel bunny my darling my caramel bunny sounds like this <laughs> and the way i do this is to show you that the pitch is not what gets you red pitch is not the thing that gets you red female or male because like i can talk down here the cadbury's caramel this kind of thing and that is actually quite a low pitch when i do that absolutely it's quite a little but it still hopefully hopefully sounds feminine when absolutely. i do that absolutely you know and that shows you that it's not the pitch you're listening to it's my resonance because when I do caramel bunny, she still has the high resonance up here, you know, and I can still sound and it's a, you know, it sounds sort of like smooth and sexy and motherly kind of thing. This kind of like sensual voice. I managed know, to go does. and uh, I managed to go yeah. and throw myself under a cold shower in a minute. I'm going to have to stop <laughs> yeah. this. And, and honestly, and, and that's, that's, I think this does touch on an important point because um, when you're learning voice, you have to learn pitch and resonance. Mm. So if you think about it, you can have all the combinations. If you do low pitch with low resonance, that's cis male voice. If you do high pitch with high resonance, that's cis female voice. If you do one but not the other, right? If you think about it, if you do low pitch but high resonance, that's like caramel bunny, that's motherly voice. That's the kind of like older lady, sensual, sexy, you know, lady of the night kind of voice. People hear that, it sounds more natural. People get used to that. If you hear high pitch but low resonance, that is cis men taking the mickey that is men trying to do yeah. women's voices because they don't know about resonance so yes. the, if you have to only do one 
if you only if you get pitch on its own you will sound awful you'll sound absolutely terrible and people will not think that you're female if you get only resonance and never work on your pitch people will think you're some kind of lady of the night but will still gender you female you have that what, and so you so you've given us an example of the um the low pitch and high resonance which is the yes what yes. would be the example of the um the um the opposite of that so the opposite way around is fairly dysphoric for me to do because oh, that, yeah, is, do that. that is that yeah. but they think that that's me, your like traditional yeah. that is your tradition well it's it's basically if you get your pitch and see, if you sing or speak at 200 hertz without doing anything with resonance that's what it will sound like you know I it's see, yeah. 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 so yeah. if i'm talking up here and i lower my resonance this sounds more like this kind of thing and you can see when I do this, it sounds more male sort of thing. Even though I'm up at up 200 hertz, it does sound more more yeah. male if I'm dragging that down. It doesn't sound as feminine, right? Does it? It just... Doesn't suit you either. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> but you see what I mean? Is it, for me, it's actually... Cool. Like, I have been speaking like this for around five or six years now. I can't really do my male voice. If I try to do that, it That's doesn't really work. It sounds like when teenagers do the voice breaking thing you know that kind of like yeah. the voice yeah, that, mm -hmm. that it sounds like that because i literally can't do it correctly anymore um, so 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 if we have to so in your sort of regime or the way that you work with people do you mm -hmm. focus on the pitch thing and the 200 hertz thing first or do you give them an exercise from each of the different camps how, how would you lesson what do you lesson think? one is pitch and resonance cool. and the homework i give is firstly 200 hertz on the g-strings tuner um, if you can hum that, then try talking. That's that's your first time. The resonance is a basic resonance exercise that we do, which is where I think you're wanting to get to is how do I change my resonance, which is which is the big question. Yeah. Yeah, because it now is. this gets into a big subject. Now, there are a lot of contradictory things online about how you change your resonance. There are several ones that you may have seen swallow and hold. Um, you know, people are nodding along to you. Like, some people suggest swallowing, uh, uh, you know, because that does raise your, um, your larynx up. However, I don't like that for the reason that swallowing involves multiple different muscles. Yeah. Now, you then, well, you don't know which one it is that you need to control. It's swallowing is a quite an instinctive thing and it involves so many different things that trying to tease out what exactly is larynx control is quite difficult. Okay, so there are there are other weird things that we can do, but the one that really worked for me, uh, and, and this is what I'm talking about my experience as a trans woman learning voice, the only one that stuck with me is one called Big Dog Little Dog, and I'm not sure if any of you have heard of Big Dog Little Dog, we are getting bemused expressions uh, <laughs> from everyone, but Big Dog Little Dog is a great little exercise, because the what I'll firstly I'll demonstrate what you have to do is pant like a dog. And, and that sounds like this, you go, <laughs> you pant like a dog, don't, don't copy me yet, don't copy me yet, just let, let, listen to what I'm doing. Now, the next thing you do is you make it go from sounding like a big dog to a little dog. However, the important point here is you must not move your lips. If we go back to what resonance actually is, resonance is the, the height of that bottle. Now you can check, what we want to do is change the bottom of the bottle, but what you can do is cheat and you can change the top half of the bottle and that's not what we want to do. So if you go E or U, if you move your lips, you can go E, U, E, U. Think about it, if you go E and you like smile and open your mouth and go E, the air can get out the side, E, and that shortens it down. If you go U with pursing your lips, with kissy lips, if you go U, then it's making that bottle longer. Mm. Think about it. That's changing the top side of the bottle 
which is not what we want to do. No. Yeah. So when you do big dot little dog, it's it's vital for new people to look at yourself either in the mirror, on your phone camera, um, or if you're in the car and you're practicing this, what I do is I take my middle finger and my thumb and I put them either side of my mouth. And now I'm demonstrating this on camera. You can't really see this, but you put your middle finger and your thumb either side of your mouth like that. And then if you detect that any movement there at all, you've done it wrong. Okay, you must look absolutely stone faced when you're doing this. So you should look at yourself on the camera. Now I'm going to demonstrate this for Jenny and Jill. Um, unfortunately, no one else will be able to see this, but you will be able to hear what it sounds like. So this is big dog, little dog. And I go, it sounds like this. Now, when I'm doing this, you can see my face. I look completely stone faced, but I also look really bored. Now it's important to look really bored because what that means is that your, your muscles in your face are not tensed. Because some people, when they try it, they go, they smile, they grimace, they pull their skin, and it's like, no, no, no. You have to look as bored as you possibly can because the only muscle you want to do is your larynx. Now, big dog, little dog is great because uh, pitch is not a part of that. You are not engaging your vocal cords. You're not making a pitch at all. Anything you do that changes your pitch there will not affect big dog, little dog because it's not a note. You're not doing a note. Yet it sounded like the pitch was going up and down. It does. It does sound like the pitch is going. But if you think about a bottle with liquid, if you think of how it sounds, yeah. it's a more wind instrument. It's it's not my pitch doing that. But the pitch would be like, that's pitch, right? Resonance is, now those two are completely separate, completely separate. I can do, I can do, the high on the resonance and the low on that's why that's why i say it's a stringed instrument or a wind instrument you see what i mean they're two completely separate instruments one sounds like wind one sounds like strings mind blown jenny is like how are you feeling how are you feeling jenny i think it's fascinating and this is what i needed in 2005 Oh, no respect you. to the thank person you, who, you so who did mine with. Um, <laughs> so, how do, so actually, how do you do the, the change? So I'm trying to do it now. Uh, you don't need to put your fingers there. Well, when we, when you're on camera, you can see yourself, right? You can, you can. I think. Well, I can see myself. I'm on computer. I'm not sure if you two. Are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, Jenny, you're pursing your lips. You're going. You're doing. You're doing this. You know, I am boredom. doing it on mute to save the listeners yes, at the moment. Boredom. <laughs> we need. We need to see more boredom from you. Please, mm. just like this. Like, <laughs> You see, I'm doing this and, I, and while I'm doing that, I'm pushing and pulling my face around like putty. You have to be completely, completely relaxed. You did it. You did it a bit. You did, you did your lips, but you did do a little bit. You, you had a little bit of change there. In these press. Now you're, you're also pursing, you're pursing your lips like this. No, 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 no pursing the lips. Just relaxed. Just like this, like this, just, just be as bored as you can. Just relax your mouth. No, you're still, you're still pursing. Just relax. Just don't try it. Just let's, this actually gets me onto an important point that a lot of this is mental and a lot of this is. is relaxation, relaxation. So Jenny, just relax. Just look, just, just think about the most boring thing you can. Just, just droop your mouth like just 
I think I wonder if it's looking at myself that makes me it, conscious. Sometimes that maybe, can be make maybe yourself conscious. Maybe look at myself. Mm. I'll, I'll give that a go. <laughs> See, I did it then. Yeah, you did it. You did it. That's... Perfect. That is the muscle we need. Yeah, yeah, that is that is what you need. Now, when you're just starting out, you won't have as much range as I can do because, uh, you know, uh, don't expect that, it to sound apparent. like me. Don't expect it to sound like me straight away because I've been doing this for years. This is all voice coach tricks. But, you know, uh, this is one thing. As you start doing it, initially, you might get no range at all. You might not be able to get that to sound like any different kind of dog at all. As you keep practicing and practicing, what you find is it suddenly works. And does your now, tongue does your tongue move? Because I'm conscious that my tongue's moving as I'm doing this. Tongue tongue is interesting. That the the larynx rises up, so the tongue has to move out of the way in order to get space for the larynx. If I do it with my mouth open, though, you'll see the tongue doesn't change shape. It will move forwards and backwards. If you watch it with, again, this is not great on a podcast. But if you if you watch it, if you watch my mouth here, okay. You see, my tongue is the same shape. The way I can describe it for the podcast is my tongue stays the same shape, but it moves forwards and backwards in my mouth. The tongue is not involved in making any of those sounds. So if you see, it does not touch the roof of my mouth. Look. It's just literally moving out the way to let my larynx raise up. Yeah, You can't leave your tongue in the back of your throat and raise your larynx because then they'll hit each other and, you'll, and it like chokes you. Yeah. And it will literally constrict off. So you can't do that. You have to move your tongue out the way to get the larynx up. But if you're using your tongue to do the sound changes, that's wrong. Wow. <clears throat> well, I suppose, and that, that, this is the end of the sort of end of here, end of the first lesson of monk, chanting like a monk, chanting like a monk, chanting like a dog, and panting like a dog. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, big dog, little dog is difficult. Um, and and I did I did touch on the fact that you will most probably what will happen is that you will fail. And the way I say it to my students is that this is very much like riding a bike. If you remember in your childhood when you learned to ride a bike, what would happen is you would fall off, and then you fall off, and you keep falling off, and you just think this is just useless. I keep falling off. Then one day you get on the bike and it just goes, and and some, and you go a little bit and then fall off, and you think what's special about today why is today different now voice training is very very much like that if you expect to get slightly better every day and there's like a, a nice graph of you getting better you'll be disappointed it does not work like that and i have no idea why the human brain will learn voice training very much like riding a bike in that you will be bad at it you'll be terrible and you'll say to yourself i can't get this i don't understand keep going keep going, keep going. You will suck and suck and suck and suck and then suddenly get it. And it suddenly works. And I don't know. Not there must, the, if I was a psychologist, I would know some reason why this works. But all I, I'm just a lowly voice coach, but I know that's how my students learn is mm. that they will be terrible at it. And then they suddenly something clicks and you get it. So don't get disheartened. This is one of the main things. Do not get disheartened. You have to keep yeah. the practice in, practice every day, practice pitch and resonance. And then once you can control your pitch and do big dog, little dog, then you're ready for the next ones of like combining them together, which is lesson two. So, well, that's been yeah. absolutely fascinating, Jen. What do you think? Absolutely amazing. I, I, I've loved that. I'm going, definitely going to do some practicing. <laughs> 
I think um, I think you're right about something clicking. I think there is an element with me of like a cringe sort of, you know, you're looking at yourself and you're sounding different than you used to sound. I mean, for mm-hmm. me, I, I guess I'm in a different situation than Gillian. I mean, it's I've been stuck. I transitioned to 2005, and really my voice hasn't changed much since 2005. So changing my voice now feels really strange. I think people. So there is an element of me to overcome that. But it wouldn't often yes, make life easier yes. over the phone, for instance. And I know that mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's fascinating. I'm definitely going to, to going to be panting all night. And you can make of that what you will. <laughs> can I also mention you, you? You touched on an important point, which is the cringe factor. Yeah. Now, a lot of my students are embarrassed because other people are living with them. And especially yes. younger younger listeners, younger people will often be living with parents, and even the older women like us will be living with significant others or maybe children. Um, oftentimes, there are other people in the house. Now, what I would say is that fortunately, big dog, little dog, is the most important one because resonance is the most important. But it's also very, very quiet. It's it's a very quiet thing. Mm. So what you can do is you can hide away in the bathroom and you can practice big dog, little dog for five minutes. And it's very, very, very quiet. No one else can hear it. It's, it's, it's like, <gasps> you see how quiet that is? It's not, you, you literally can't be that loud with resonance. It's not that, that loud a thing to do. So you can practice that. If you can't practice pitch, that's absolutely fine. You know, if you're yes. embarrassed to practice pitch around your family, don't bother, just don't do yeah. it resonance is the most important thing get big dog little dog but you can do that in the privacy even when there's people living with you i think that's uh, that's excellent i mean i don't have any living with me but it doesn't stop my brain being cringy about things but oh, i think oh, I see. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just my own like you know um I, you know it's yeah, but i think it's fascinating i think it's just amazing and i would so wish i had you around in 2005. But, <laughs> so when, but, people, I think, when people are looking online um mm-hmm. is there anything it's like a warning signal for them to look out for so as people start talking about xyz is that something you yeah. back away from or is everybody's experience mm-hmm. valid and it's about finding someone that works for you what, what's your view on that? i think I think most vocal coaches that I have seen out there will have, will get results. I think what happens though is that sometimes exercises don't work for you and explanations don't work for you. Now, I've seen vocal coaches have really good results, but they explain things like using head voice or chest voice, which is a way that they try to explain resonance. Now, for me as a trans woman, when I was learning, that made no sense. I did not understand what they meant by head voice or chest voice. Now that personally just means that I had maybe a blind spot to that explanation. Um, but if that explanation works for you, then that's fine. You know, I, I, it's not like you can't learn resonance that way. When it comes down to it, you're having to learn to control a specific muscle in your throat. And if that explanation works for you, then by all means go for it. All I'm saying is that for me, I didn't get what resonance was until I heard the scientific explanation of it that then made sense you know and then i didn't manage to control it until i found big dog little dog because to me that controls the singular one muscle group that you need rather than multiple different ones so some people swear by the swallow and hold i wouldn't say it's a red flag but i found it difficult to learn with swallow and hold i couldn't get my head around it so i wouldn't say there's red flags per se it's just more what works for you and what doesn't right well it's been a complete joy and you and I absolutely. will continue this. Maybe Jenny will, and independently of me, which is absolutely fine. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to this basso profundo 
starting to disappear <laughs> with a combination of 200 herds and many dogs. So, many dogs, many dogs. But many dogs. Do keep the practice up. Very important. Practice every day. Practice, practice, practice. Like any music teacher will tell you, or singing teacher will tell you, it's practice that matters. Mm -hmm. It practice, practice, practice. I cannot stress that enough. Practice even five minutes a day is better than nothing. It, do practice every day. Everybody can find five minutes. Yeah, there is not think, one reason why you can't do it. And I think one of one of the tips that I remember is is actually just scheduling something into your diary so at lunchtime or 12 o'clock you just say i'm going to just give myself mm. 10 minutes mm. just to have a go at this so there's always a period in your, in your diary where you just know you're going to do because the problem is you sort of forget if it's not planned in don't you it sort of yes. wanders yes. around i find being in the car mm -hmm. very useful because i'd be able to do that but, uh, being that's a lot of the time when i practiced when i was learning was in the car during a commute and that's why i used the finger and thumb technique for, for resonance because i could drive with one hand and then use finger and mm -hmm. thumb on on my mouth to make sure I was not moving my mouth because I couldn't take my eyes off the road. So there are. How did you hold your mobile that... phone at the same time? Yeah, I don't think I'd... we recommend driving with one hand. For the... Well, because... <laughs> no, the thing is that was only for resonance. Now, because oh. I was trained as a singer, I never had any problem with pitch whatsoever. It was yes, not a, not an issue at all. I could put my voice anywhere I wanted in pitch because of singing training. So I'm slightly different in that because of my background. And the same with Gillian, you know, I, I said hit 200 hertz, she immediately sang against me. That's just musical background. You know, some people who have if, if experience with singing or vocal control will be able to get pitch, but resonance is often a complete black box. You know, just, it's a mystery. And it's interesting listening to you talk now because I can hear you actually talk at 200 hertz most of the time, don't you? It's your yeah, sort of, two, 200 and you, is, and you go yeah, around it, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. Now, this is the point. This is why I, I use 200 because the, the pitch that we really, really, the boundary pitch is 180 hertz. Now, if I pitch people at 200, then as the natural flow up and down as you talk, it's called cadence is the te technical word for it. Your natural cadence as you flow up and down generally is around 20 hertz either side. Um, varies for pe different people. As long as you stay above 180, then that's the, yeah, that's in the standard sort of cis female range, which is why I picked 200. So my, my voice is actually slightly lower if I average around 195. Um, other people I've taught at 200 and they raised 205, 210. They have naturally higher voices, especially younger girls. Um, you know, I, I am slightly older, uh, which is uh, an issue, but it, it, what you generally find is that the older ladies tend to go slightly lower, as cis women do. You know, older yes. cis women, yeah. tend, their voices tend to go lower. So if I teach around 200, you generally find your voice will slot into a natural place around that sort of thing. It's around one octave higher. If you know the concept of octaves, it's around an octave higher. Male voices are around 100, so female voices are around 200. So, Brilliant. Well, um, I could I could chat about this all day. Maybe Absolutely. maybe Laura, if you'd be good enough, maybe to come back in a few months' time. And um, always we, welcome to. That would be absolutely brilliant. But for and, the moment, Jen, um, so it's it's time to say goodbye. Um, I'm sorry about the the lack of foot action, but um, I think that's been a lot more worthy. Well, thank you for having me. I'm trying to say goodbye at 200 hertz. Mm. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Jen. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Transvox. It's been a joy to have you with us. Um, if you want to um, make contact with us, you can contact us at gillian at transvox.co.uk. And if you'd like to support the work we do, please go to Patreon and go to page Transvox. 
And all of our money goes to our nominated charity. And Jen, you've chosen the charity for the next number of episodes. Which one have you chosen? Our charity is called Beyond Reflections, which is a charity that provides support and counselling to trans people, non-binary people and their friends and their families across the UK. An amazing charity doing some amazing work, really important. So please, if you can give. Great. And if you want to go and have a look at Beyond Reflections, it's beyond-reflections.org.uk. And uh, But as I say, if you'd like to make a contribution to what we're doing, because we love to help the people who help us. Uh, again, if you've got ideas for um, the show, things you'd like to ask us, questions, comments, applause, or um, brickbats, feel free to send it all Absolutely. in to Gillian at transvox.co.uk. Until the next time, goodbye. Bye-bye. Yeah.